Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Respect. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Jenny. Sup? And today will be our first regularly formatted show, and we are kicking things off with a bang. That's right, Maddie boy. Today we're discussing a legend. Seven-time WWE Women's Champ, a former WWE Hardcore Champ, and of course, the WWE Hall of Famer. I'm talking about the one and only Trish Stratus. Yes, and despite that list of accolades, she was also voted Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Woman of the Year on four separate occasions, and in 2009 was voted Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Woman of the Decade. I think her resume speaks for itself. Certainly does. But what does that mean for our listeners? Let's talk about this badass. Let's talk about her. But before we get into her, I just wanted to say that Jenny, you and I, we're, we're busy people. Sure are. We're very busy people. We, uh, we have a three-year-old son. We have full-time jobs. We have other podcasts we have to attend to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a full-time student as well on top of that. So, you know, recording this podcast, you know, we have certain time constraints. And here we are. On a beautiful Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. sitting in our kitchen recording this episode, you are on your lunch break currently from work. Sure I am, <laughs> making the most of my yes, time. I actually have off from work today, so I'm lucky enough to have the time to do this. Um, and, you know, it's about 1230. I'm sucking down a couple of cold ones. Sun is in daycare. So we're making the time. Sure. <laughs> we're making the time no matter what. And you know what? I figure it's five o'clock somewhere, so... Uh, talking about wrestling and drinking a cold one or having some whiskey. doesn't matter what time of day it is, so I, I'm all in on that. I think the kids say YOLO. I don't know. Is YOLO a thing still? Uh, I don't know. Okay. That's, that's way too young You drink me. your beer at 12 o'clock, babe. I'll do whatever I want. Do it's my life. It's my weekend right now, so I'm, that's what I'm going to do. There I'm going to talk about Tristranus, and I'm going to drink some beers. Okay. All right, so... Let's do it. As we said, we listed all of her accolades right up front. Uh, so it's a, it was actually a lot of fun prepping for this show. Yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, being, you know, watching the product on a weekly basis now, dipping back, you know, it's not long ago, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. It was fun seeing the product then. Amazing. Yeah. And, Man. and, you know, Jenny, you weren't really exposed to it at the time it was occurring. So I'm very curious as we move along this episode to see your input being a fan of today's product versus, you know, in retrospect, looking back on what we watched in preparation for this episode. Okay. Well, let's talk, let's talk Trish. Let's talk Trish. So, you know, as is the case with many of these women at this time, um, Trish was a model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was working at a gym and she was recognized by uh, World Wrestling Federation at the time uh, for her modeling work not her in-ring work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was actually, in November 1999, she was signed to a multi-year contract with WWE. Um, now, now remember this. This is a time when these women were getting signed by their looks alone. Yeah, for today. So she signed to a multi-year deal just from her modeling work. Um, so she made her debut as a heel, actually. I have a question. Yes. So... When they were signed on for their modeling work, mostly for their modeling work, but for wrestling, mm. were they wrestlers also? Were they in-ring performers? Uh, or did that come after the fact? It usually came after the fact. Okay. But she, um, 
was a wrestling fan okay. growing up, but yeah. I think you see that with a lot of these women. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that they were fans of the product, mm-hmm. but they were recognized and signed mostly because of their modeling work. Okay. All yeah. right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We got a long time. Okay. So let's do it. Uh, so she actually made her debut as a heel uh, in March of 2000 on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. Rest in peace. That show no longer exists, obviously. <laughs> uh, under the ring name Trish Stratus. Of course, her real name is Patricia Strategius. Oh. Greek, maybe, a That's little. That's kind of a fun last name. Yes. Um, so actually, very mundane, sort of very Lacey Evans-esque sort of debut. Yeah. Kind of just so coming out. Yeah. She's, they said that she was like a fitness guru, and she was there to observe. Yes. But it was very, if you look at it now, listeners, it was very like titties out. With like the modeling face, just looking at um, what what are they? Oh, it was test first, test, and then Albert was yes. the second one. Yes, thank you, test and Albert. So I'm thinking if she's there to like observe, I feel like to make it more believable. Maybe today they would have done this, but like given her like give her a clipboard. Yeah, something. <laughs> she something. was just standing there posing, watching them. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I keep interrupting you. That'll be a theme for our show. No, it's fine. So I mean, <laughs> just very, just not a very, you know. Eye candy. It's just eye candy. Basic eye candy, just standing there, letting the crowd ooh and ah at her looks. Yeah. And, you know, the commentary team was on top of that as ooh, well. Commentary. As you, yeah, we'll get into that as mm-hmm. we move along her timeline here. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the big difference is whereas WWE now will do this for two months, three months on end with people coming out and not saying anything, mm-hmm. you know, this only lasted a couple weeks. Yeah. So it was not overdone. So, you know, you could kind of look past that. Yeah. She actually made her in-ring debut uh, not too much longer later, June 22nd episode of SmackDown, where it was a six-man tag. Uh, she teamed with Tess and Albert, TNA, as they were known. Awesome. That's, come on, that's that's clever shit. <laughs> that's very All clever. Right. Uh, and that was against the Hardy Boys and Lita. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see through this timeline that uh, her and Lita are very intertwined yeah. with their careers. Um, and that's actually where the storyline feud between Str- uh, Stratus and Lita developed. Um, with Stratus actually attacking Lita on episodes of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, She finished the year, uh, 2000, uh, competing unsuccessfully for the WWF Women's Championship numerous times and actually separated from Tess and Albert when that tag team disbanded. Let's pause there for a sec. Okay. I know I'm throwing you for a loop. That's fine. It's what I do. I'm your wife. Yeah. As you said, you're going to interrupt once or twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Or three times. So, um, some of the things I noticed as Matthew and I, like I said, we're prepping for this, uh, for this episode, we're binging on, on these old, uh, wrestling shows, promos, and they were fabulous because the, some of the commercials were like, buy this VHS tape of this, um, uh, this wrestler and stuff. That was fun. Um, but I noticed like she, yeah, she debuted in ring, but it was very, ah, I'm going to smack you. Ooh. Almost to a point where you're like, can this chick wrestle? Obviously, we know she can wrestle. But it was very sexual, and there's no skill involved. Like, they think the skill was they were practicing uh, ooing and aahing and slapping. Yeah, and she was wrestling in clogs. Which, oh, yeah. 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 It's, I guess it's kind of impressive when you consider it. <laughs> but the fact that there was no actual wrestling done none at least among the women anyway yeah yeah i mean that was i mean if it was just the tag teams 
as a great match. Yeah. But you know, you had the added factor of the two women in there. And, and yeah, her and her gear, like you said, the clogs, the 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 nineties breasticles hanging out of there is very impractical for wrestling. Very impractical. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we get to a very controversial storyline. So let's jump to early 2001. Stratus actually becomes involved in an angle with Mr. McMahon. During this time, um, actually Vince's wife, Linda McMahon was institutionalized, obviously kayfabe institutionalized. Following Vince wanting a divorce from her. So she was actually rendered mute and institutionalized. <laughs> Vince's wife. <laughs> Vince's wife, yes. Not, not Stris, Trish. But it, can't, it comes to be known that Vince and Stratus are actually having a scripted affair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh, yes. So, which only lends to this. So um, part of the storyline for this mat, for this, this, uh, Feud was a match between Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, mm-hmm. and Trish Stratus at No Way Out pay-per-view in 2001, uh, where I guess Stephanie was fighting for her father's, uh, well, for her mother's honor, I, I guess, would be the, the, the thing, and kind of shitting on her dad, Vince. Uh, but what, what ends up happening in this match is that William Regal, who is one of Vince McMahon's cohorts, uh, actually does a run-in and ends up costing Tr- Stratus the match. And this leads to a babyface turn for Stratus, eventually, as uh, on an episode of Raw, Vince actually forces Trish to strip down to her black bra and panties in the ring and bark like a dog. This was so uncomfortable to watch. I, I, look, you're watching it and you're like, no, really? It was very, very, very degrading. And if you have a, a minute or two, how long is that? Do you think like five minutes? Uh, it's 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 too long for what it is. It really <laughs> is. It is way too long and makes you feel extremely uncomfortable. Can you wanna you wanna take them through it? So, well, I would say just personally. I mean, at the time, I'm 16 years old, mm-hmm. and you pervert. we're still at the <laughs> we're still at the tail end of the attitude era here. Everything hypersexualized. So, as a 16 year old, seeing Trish in a bra and a thong, sure, that's <laughs> fine. Um, looking back on it now, <laughs> yeah, uh, almost 20 years later, my god, poor taste. He's basically, Mr. McMahon is basically telling Trish, like, I own you, I can do whatever I, I want to you, you are my you property. You have to do whatever I want, yes. You're my property. Yeah. If I want you to take off your shirt, you're going to take off your shirt. Take it off. Yeah, which take is kind of, kind of like, in a nutshell, weird and fucked up, because that could be like, just, you could kind of put that into a bigger bubble uh-huh. and say that that's how he kind of runs things, too. Yeah. Is that oh, weird? Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally. especially with everything that's come out lately. Totally. Um, and the direction that they're going in now with the garbage that's going on. Yeah, hashtag free Sasha. Yeah, it's for real. <laughs> um. T- yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And basically, he goes through it. If I want you to, to take off your skirt, you'll take off your skirt. And she, you're like, no, she's not going to do that. And you know what? She does. She does. So it was kind of shocking looking back on it, oh. you know, from different, from an older uh, more wise and mature perspective on that. Uh, so this whole storyline gets a blow off at WrestleMania 17, uh, where Stratus actually slaps Vince in the face during his match against his son Shane. Uh, and like I said, she turns face. 
So she starts wrestling part-time after this as a face. Uh, she actually suffers a legit ankle injury during the summer of 2001, and she was sidelined for about three months. After returning in the autumn, she appears at Survivor Series, where she wins her first WWF Women's Championship in a six-pack challenge. Uh, and that match was crazy, but fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think I made the comment to you, if even a couple of these women were working now, how much better the division would be. I don't think that they would see it coming. I don't know if they would stand a chance. Sorry. And I was surprised. You know, some of the... I mean, they were working pretty stiff in this match. I mean, they were they were letting each other have it uh, big time. So, I mean, they weren't pulling any punches. Uh, so I was kind of su- surprised about how aggressive, uh, looking back on it, again, these matches were. It's uh, very, very physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't you say that there was some moves that even... Well, that was... I'm thinking of a different Yeah, that's, a, that's another match we're going to get to okay. shortly. Okay. Uh, so, Stratus <laughs> was actually next involved in a feud with Jazz over the Women's Championship. Another uh, badass. Another badass woman. I'm sure we'll cover on a future episode. Uh, she retained her championship at the Royal Rumble 2002, but not long thereafter dropped the championship to Jazz on a February 4th edition of Monday Night Raw. She then attempted, uh, Trish attempted to regain the title for several months after this, uh, including competing in an awesome triple threat match at WrestleMania 18 against Lita and Jazz in her hometown of Toronto, Canada, Mm -hmm. but she did not uh, go over in her hometown of Toronto, Canada, and actually... Uh, almost looked like she completely snapped her ankle at the end of that match. Yeah, but it's great match. <laughs> I forgot about yeah, I forgot about that uh, that bump at the end where her ankle gets caught up in the middle rope, mm-hmm. um, and it just looked horrible. But she was fine. Uh, so you know, she continues to chase the women's championship, and actually, while trying to chase the women's championship, she actually wins the hardcore championship on May sixth, actually pinning Crash Holly after Bubba Ray Dudley hit him over the head with a trash can. Trash cans were big at this time. I noticed that. Yes. Um, so Can we bring them back? We should bring them back. <laughs> Let's petition for that because those are awesome. So the Hardcore Championship, the predecessor to the now stupid 24-7 very championship. St- yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they're it's gra- very sideshow, comic, yeah, ha, 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 I mean, okay, the, I, mean this, I felt like this title actually meant something. Okay. And actually the 24-7... Rule was booked, even was booked a lot better back then. Why don't you tell some of our listeners that aren't familiar with the product what the twenty four seven title is? So the twenty four seven title is a title that was recently introduced in WWE, probably a month ago. Mm-hmm. I will say, and it's basically, um, you know, as long as you have a referee present, mm-hmm. you can pin the champion for the title anywhere, anytime. So there's, someone was pinned at the airport. Someone was pinned at his own wedding. Someone was pinned at his own wedding because mm-hmm. there was a referee there. So okay. it's a cheapo version of the hardcore title without the hardcore, basically. Um, so her second reign as champion came to an end on June 23rd when she was defeated at the King of the Ring by Molly Holly. After a failed attempt to win the title in July, Stratus won the championship for a third time at that Unforgiven pay-per-view the same year. Uh, while feuding with Molly Holly, Stratus was also involved in an angle with new diva Victoria, who held a storyline grudge against Stratus, claiming she was betrayed by Stratus when they both worked as fitness models. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, very uh, Zoolander-esque, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Breakdance fighting. 
The two competed in several title matches with Stratus retaining until Survivor Series of 2002, where Victoria won the title in a very fast-paced, very brutal, hardcore match. They beat the shit out they of each other. They beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. And I think I made the comment to you that uh, the men don't even do that now. Right. And these women were taking unprotected headshots and all this stuff with trash can lids and everything. Please Google that. Yeah, watch that match. I mean, in comparison to some hardcore matches, it's not the craziest thing you'll see, but for two women that didn't haven't really done anything like that, yeah. it, was, it was pretty cool. So we are moving on. Let's skip ahead to WrestleMania 19 in Seattle, where Stratus ended her feud with Victoria by defeating her and Jazz to capture her fourth Women's Championship, only to lose the title to Jazz at the following pay-per-view the following month, Backlash. So those are where things get a little interesting here. So the Raw after Backlash, the night after Backlash, uh, Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff, who has made the news recently in WWE, ordered a no-disqualification match between himself and Trish Stratus. If Stratus won this match, she would get a championship rematch the next week, but if Bischoff won, he would get to spend a night with her. That's interesting. <laughs> Bischoff would go on to win the match, though. The stipulation was nullified when Linda McMahon confronted him after the match. Back from the loony bin? Yes. <laughs> Way back from the loony bin. <laughs> All right, so we'll skip ahead to 2003 here. Stratus actually begins an on-screen romance with Chris Jericho during the November 10th episode of Raw when she agreed to go on a date with him. Mm. little Canadian date. That's so sweet. Adorable. Yes. Eh? You could see... She's progressing in the ring, but she's still tied into these silly storylines yeah. that they're doing with her. Um, so subsequently, they participated in an intergender tag team match as partners on December 1st. Now, an intergender tag team match, different from a mixed tag team match, or in a mixed tag team match, the men face the men, the women face the women. In an intergender tag team match, you can have women facing men, men facing women. I loved watching the men <laughs> and the women fight each other. Yeah, the women took some serious bumps from men back yeah. then, which would never go over now. I but, don't think it would either. No, but looking back on it now, it's just so super Who interesting just did to that see that. recently? Was that Nia Jax? Probably, but she's... I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, But continue. if there's anyone that should take a bump from a man, it's probably her, because she's bigger than most most men. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Um, I think Charlotte could take a bump. She could probably take a bump. Yeah. So after the match... Stratus actually overheard Jericho talking to then-heel Christian, who was involved in an on-screen romance with Lita at the time, about who could sleep with their respective woman first. Ugh. Again. Terrible. We're having these great storylines here. Uh, one week later, Stratus and Lita actually confronted the men about their actions, leading to a Battle of the Sexes tag team match at Armageddon that year. So you had the women facing the men in a tag team match. Unbelievable. And the women lost. Yeah. Yeah. So... Moving on. WrestleMania 20. Stratus turned heel by betraying Jericho. This is the blow-off of the storyline. And siding with Christian. Stratus claimed her reasons for siding with Christian over Jericho were that he was a real man and Jericho was a quote-unquote lovesick puppy. Stratus won the Women's Championship for a fifth time at Bad Blood on June 13th. She defended the title until she suffered a legitimate broken hand in July of that year that caused her to be out of action for approximately one month. We're starting to see the injuries pile up a little bit here. Upon her return, she did continue to defend the title against a number of challengers before losing the championship to Lita on the well-publicized main event of Raw on December 6th. 
and that match was incredible, and that is the match that is remembered for Lita almost breaking her neck yep. on the outside of the ring when she did a suicide scorpion. dive, and she scorpioned onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but a groundbreaking match because it was the first women's main event on a Raw. Yeah, and there's um, there's an entire catalog, everybody, dedicated to the Lita and Trish feud. And it is really cool to follow if you want to check that out as well. Yeah, and they, um, you know, they their careers, like I said before, are always going to be intertwined. Um, and I think that they were perfect foils for each other. Mm-hmm. So you have Trish, who's the, the blonde girl next door kind of type. And then you have Lita, who is the, you know, punk rock, tattooed, Badass, you know, badass rocker chick. Rocker chick. Um, and, you know, it didn't matter if Trish was heel and Lita was babyface or Lita was babyface mm-hmm. and Trish was heel. It worked and it, every time. And it, it's a case of two wrestlers that are with each other so much, are, are competing with each other so much that they know each other and they do so well They know well each other's each other. every move exactly. exactly. And you watch those matches near the end of Trish's, you know, main run here. And there are no mistakes yeah, in those it's matches. it's flawless. It's flawless matches. Mm-hmm. And compared to what you're getting now, um, it's just incredible. It's incredible the in-ring chemistry that they had with each other. Mm-hmm. So Lita wins the title from Trish um, on that December 6th episode of Raw. month later, Stratus actually recaptures the title for a sixth time at the New Year's, Re- New Year's Revolution pay-per-view. And Lita, during this match, actually suffered a legitimate knee injury. Um, Stratus was originally booked to lose the championship back to Lita at WrestleMania 21, but due to Lita's injury, she was not cleared to wrestle. Skip ahead to May uh, 2005. Stratus is actually sidelined again uh, with the Women's Championship after suffering a herniated disc. Uh, This actually left the company without a Women's Champion for four months. They did not have her relinquish the title. Um, they did not have her vacated. They didn't have a tournament or they didn't crown a new champion. She just held the title for four months without, without, uh, wrestling. Seems lazy. It does. Seems lazy. Um, don't really know what the explanation was, but, um, so she returned to Raw on September 12th, 2005 as a face. Uh, and this is where we start to see the beginning of the infamous Mickey James storyline. I love this storyline too. So... WWE brings in Mickey James, uh, who comes in as a face, you know, teaming with Trish Stratus, and they start this storyline um, where Mickey James is actually an obsessed, crazed, lunatic fan of, of Trish Stratus, um, and it develops over time into almost like a very psychotic, almost lesbian storyline. It was super hypersexual. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this comes to a head on December 26th episode of Raw where it's uh, the day after Christmas. So Mickey James actually gets Trish Stratus under a mistletoe and they share a kiss with each other. Yeah. Yes. So this odd relationship continues throughout uh, the new year into 2006. uh, And it culminates with a match at WrestleMania 22 that saw Stratus lose the Women's Championship to Mickie James, ending her record 448-day reign. Uh, the match was, and still is, and I kind of agree with this, widely recognized as one of the best women's matches in the company, even to this date. Uh, during a rematch at Backlash, Stratus suffered a legitimate dislocated shoulder, another injury after taking a bump to the outside of the ring. While she was rehabilitating really for six weeks, though, she did continue to appear on screen 
in a limited role. Um, so your thoughts on that Trish Stratus, Mickey James match at WrestleMania and pretty much the whole storyline. The storyline is, is brilliant. I could have done without like the sexual stuff because I think their, their ability in the ring speaks for itself. But I guess, I guess it's a way to, to grab the, the folks attention yeah. a little bit more. And then you gotta have to keep them there and they keep them there with, with their talent. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but it's another example of just she's making the progression in the ring, but she's still attached to these kind of silly storylines. You know, the, yeah. they're not letting the wrestling and the work in the ring dictate fans' perception of her, per se. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, which is a shame, but again, you know, we're still in that time where it was like that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, after she returns from this latest injury, Late August, Lita stated that Stratus would retire following Unforgiven, which was later confirmed by Stratus herself. So at Unforgiven, on September 17, 2006, in her hometown of Toronto, Stratus won against Lita with fellow Canadian Bret Hart's signature submission maneuver, the Sharpshooter. Her victory earned her seventh and final women's championship the most in WWE history, and she retired as the champion. The title was vacated soon after. You know, if not for anything else, despite the number of title reigns and the impact that she had um, in the ring and that unbelievable transition she made to full-time wrestler from pure eye candy, which is what she was when yep. she first started, mm-hmm. um, being able to retire as champion is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I researched this, but I can't imagine there being somebody else or many other people who retired as a champion were allowed to retire as champion without having to, you know, drop the belt to somebody else before that. Yep. So many are forced into retirement because of, of, of injuries. And we've seen it on TV and mm-hmm. people have to make that sad speech where they have injuries and have to It's always relinquish. so yeah. freaking sad. Yeah. So I think it was more than just the injuries here. I did think she wanted to go home, start a family too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she went out on top, and not many people can say that. I mean, um, and we'll see. You know, she makes sporadic appearances after her, you know, quote-unquote semi-retirement. Uh, you know, she'll show up on uh, Raw's 15th anniversary. She'll pop in at WrestleMania 27. Uh, you know, she'll show up for Raw's 1,000th episode. Uh, she eventually gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on January 28th, 2013. Rightfully so. Yep, and Tra- Stratus actually chose Stephanie McMahon to induct her into the Hall of Fame in April uh, of that year. And actually the following year, Stratus inducted Lita into the WWE Hall of Fame. So that all came full circle there. I so that was that. cool. That's, that's so, really cool. Yeah, one thing I wanted to, to note here, and you know, I'm not comparing Trish Stratus with The Undertaker, okay, but... You know, Trish Stratus called it a career. She went out on top, and she picked and chose when to come back, Mm -hmm. and it didn't get stale. Now you have The Undertaker, who's still wrestling part-time, but is probably 10 years past his expiration date, Mm -hmm. arguably. And the more appearances he makes now, it can be argued that his aura and mystique is kind of waning. He's losing his luster. He's losing his luster, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Trish picks her spots, and, you know, we watched the first woman's Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. She came in at number 30. Yeah. She looked like she hadn't missed a day of wrestling. Yeah. 
and it was fresh and it was good to see her mm -hmm. uh you know do standoffs with some of the current talent that and, was so cool yeah and you know with mickey james who got that got the biggest pop from mm -hmm. the crowd when they faced off uh, but you know she returns Every once in a while when, you know, just enough time to miss her and then she comes back yeah. for, for an appearance. So yeah. I think she does it right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then she actually was in a tag team match at the first ever all-women's pay-per-view, Evolution, late last year, where she teamed with Lita. And they defeated Mickey James and... <clears throat> Who the hell did they beat? Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Alicia yes, Fox. Alicia Fox. <laughs> One of these things does not belong. I actually, got, <laughs> I actually got a bad taste in my mouth just when I said her name. I think that's your 12 o'clock brewski coming back up. Yeah, I think it is my 12 o'clock brewski coming back up. <laughs> so, you know, Trish faced a lot of challenges along the way during her wrestling career. Mm -hmm. But speaking of challenges. Yes. We have a challenge for our listeners right now. We need you to do a room-by-room -room inventory of your house. Not right now, because we want you to listen to the rest of this episode, but after this episode is over, <laughs> do a room-by-room -room inventory of your house and count how many single-use plastic items you have. If you're like me and Jenny, the resulting number of items you find may shock you, right? Yes. Now let's just talk plastic bottles here, for instance. Did you know that the amount of plastic bottles discarded every year, five minutes in the United States, is actually enough to cover eight football fields? knee-deep in plastic bottles. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. That is true. That is a fact. And actually, Jenny, 93% of plastics used in the U.S. are not even recovered. Oof. They're not recycled. True action needs to be taken. And Liquid Death is at the forefront of this death-to-plastic movement. Liquid Death is 100% premium mountain water source straight from the Alps that will instantly decapitate your thirst. Liquid Death is equal-friendly water packaged in infinitely recyclable aluminum cans. Go and visit liquiddeath.com for purchase information. Follow them on Instagram at liquiddeath and join the fight by following the hashtag death to plastic. And we thank them for supporting Wrestling with Respect and the Spirit of Rock Podcast Network. Liquid Death Mountain Water, murder your thirst. All right, so let's. I want to ask you. Yes. Not being a fan of wrestling during this time mm -hmm. and seeing plenty of the action and seeing Trish's career. Pretty much from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I want your take. Being a fan of the product now and seeing what we saw in the lead up to this episode from a new set of eyes. Okay, well... Talk me up. I I went through... A, I don't want to say range of emotions watching this. I went through two different emotions. I was happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad. Um, I was sad at first because um, I'm seeing this when I we first were introduced to her. I'm seeing this... I know fully capable, excuse me, I know fully what she's capable of, and she's being used just as this little, like, sex symbol, and that made me sad. Then I got happy seeing her blossom into her own. I'm like, okay, this is where she takes the turn. Seeing her kick some serious ass. Sorry, our dog is digging in the corner. Yeah, that, yeah. Over here, that's trying to dig the china or something. Yeah, that yes. makes that makes me sad while yes. we're recording. <laughs> um, and I, I just think about how far they've come and then you know when when ronda rousey came in and and the women's you know revolution was taking place and i was happy again and then i got sad again because i see kind of where we're at now and i feel like the women's division um you know to speak freely it's kind of getting to like a comical 
sideshowy. Like you have some really great talent in there sitting on the sidelines, not being utilized. So that made me sad, but then, you know, it gave me hope again. And there's the happiness because I know that they can turn it around. Lita did it. She kicked ass. She showed showed everyone what they're capable of. And I think that's what a lot of the women ultimately strive for when they you know become a part of the wwe is to be a a trailblazer to to be a badass to be respected so i'm hoping that'll turn around but um also one of the things that i wanted to note was the announcers (laughs) yeah there was a point when the announcer said yeah show us the boobies or show us the puppies and they called their breasts puppies Puppies. well it's just jerry lawler Jerry Lawler. And you got to remember, I'm not defending it in any way whatsoever yeah. now, but at the time, yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. you wouldn't bat an eye to it. Yeah. Only because of the product and what it was, do you think the a, message they were sending. Do you yeah. think a lot of that has to, I know you and I kind of talked about it a little bit when we were researching, but do you think that has to do with the the rating and now it's PG as opposed to was TVMA went back in the day? Um, pro- I mean, that's, a big part of it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. edgy TV was where it was at. But you also had competition. So, I mean, you had WCW and you had WWE, the WWF at the time, that yeah. were fighting for ratings on mm-hmm. the same night. And it was a toss-up. Um, WCW was beating WWE week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And they needed to do something different and drastic. And they went with that sort of programming. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked for them. It worked in the ratings. But, yeah, I guess signs of the times, you know, like I'll always say. Um, but, you know, the, the women's division now has taken a few steps back um, since Ronda Rousey left. Uh, but, you know, seeing this time frame, you know, 2002 to 2006, there was a lot of good wrestling there. Yes. There was a lot of good work. There were women that could work in the ring. Um, I, I can't get over that uh, the match that she had with Victoria with the garbage cans. Oh, the hardcore match, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was really, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, the two Lita match, the, the Lita match on Raw. Anything probably, with Lita. Yeah, the Lita, the Lita match on Raw and then her retirement match at Unforgiven were mm-hmm. probably, uh, you know, clearly my two favorite Lita Trish Stratus matches and probably individually my two favorite matches with them and still probably in my top 10 women's matches of all time those two matches um all right i think that's it uh are we done is it are we done i don't know did we finish i think so well <laughs> I, I just want to say that you know as far as lasting impact those and i know i know jenny will agree with me to make the transition during a time like that from pure eye candy mm-hmm. to respect one of the all-time great women wrestlers and respected and to do it only within a four-year time span Mm -hmm. uh is absolutely incredible yeah it's uh something that hasn't been duplicated uh maybe will never be duplicated Uh, and say what you want about the storyline she was involved in um by the time she retired it made you put those stories on the back burner and she won't be remembered for those she'll be remembered for the work she did in the ring Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's important at least that's the way i see her yeah. What do you think? I, I think that we were, as you think we should put those, you know, they kind of go into the back burner, those storylines. I think we should always keep them in the front burner. Well, they're fresh <laughs> to you now, though. Because you got to remember well, that, too. Well, no, no, because you got you to gotta keep, them, keep them in mind because you can see how far they've come. 
I see these women, you know, mostly kicking ass, you know, storylines and stuff aside, there, there's some great talent that do great things. And you think of storylines where she's barking like a dog in front of hundreds of thousands of, of, of people, um, millions of people, if you count your viewers, obviously, um, you know, it really puts things into perspective with how far they've come. So I don't think we should forget about those things. And that's why you're awesome. And I am you keep awesome. Everything level. Damn you keep straight. Everything level. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that was an amazing discussion, and we got our first real episode in the bank right now. Whoop whoop. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Did you so, guys like it? Yes, you did. Uh, I hope you did. <laughs> I hope you did. Uh, well, that was amazing. Uh, join us next time for a brand new episode of Wrestling Respect, where we will be spotlighting. I believe we're doing Miss Elizabeth. And Randy Savage. Yes, we yes. are. Which is a great story of life imitating art. So mm-hmm. I hope you join us next time for that. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Wrestling with Respect and at Spirit of Rock Pod. Of course, that is our podcasting network, also home of the Metal Rock Whiskey and Pretty Good for a Girl podcast. You can find me individually on Instagram at The Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Jenny, where can they find you? Sorry, I was burping. Um, you can find me. <laughs> I'm at... the one drinking the beer. <laughs> you can find me at Rumder Woman twenty four seven. All right, and we have a couple of shout outs before we peace out here. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to give a shout out to Bolts Fall for uh, letting us use their theme song, uh, mm-hmm. "I Stand Tall," uh, the song you hear at the beginning and end of every episode. I wanted to thank Keith from at Keith's Artwork for that badass graphic he mm-hmm. gave us for our show. And I wanted to thank, of course, uh, Liquid Death for supporting the show and Spirit of Rock Podcast Network for giving us a platform to put this out to you guys. Uh, We hope you're enjoying it. Um, Hope you come back next time. Please. Please come back next time. (laughs) I need more Monday afternoons where I can drink. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks again. That was a ton of fun. And until next time, we are tapping out.